morning to be here. Y'all are smiling. I'm going to continue uh, this morning studying Mark. And um, I'm going to be in the 12th chapter of Mark in verses 28 through 34 this morning. I'm going to start out just by reading the scripture. And uh, talking about the greatest commandment. And I pray that as we go through this lesson, that, uh, that we all receive the message we need. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing one another. And seeing that they answered them well, he asked them, Which commandment is first of all? Jesus answered, The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and, you will, and with all your strength. The second is, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and besides him there is no other. And to love him with all your heart and with all the understanding and with all your strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared to ask him any questions. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, uh, for that scripture. Lord, thank you for, uh, for walking this earth, Lord, and, and teaching us the lessons that, uh, that we need to be more like you, Lord. I just pray that as we, uh, we study this scripture, we go through this lesson, Lord, that... Uh, your words flow through me, Lord, and that each person here or each person listening online receives the message you intend for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Man, I don't know if y'all noticed, I didn't tell a story first this time. I, I really want to get right to the scripture. Um, I think as we walk our lives and, and want to be more like Christ each day, the most important stories we can read are the ones that, that he's given us. And when he talks about the two greatest commands and he speaks this truth, I think it's important for us to listen. So anyway, so on this day, there was a scribe that questioned Jesus. Jesus already silenced Pharisees and Sadducees and all of a sudden a scribe comes to him. And a scribe was someone who knows the law very well. They were a legal expert, but they could also draft legal documents. So they were law experts. So he asked Jesus, which commandment was the greatest? Which one's the first? And again, Jesus answered by offering two commandments which the, the scribe actually agreed with. He agreed with him in grace and wisdom. And then Jesus made a comment, said, you're not far from the kingdom of heaven. 
said, knowing this, you're not far from the kingdom of heaven. Through the part of the law, these two commandments are very important to Christians. You see, they have also a counterpart, the new covenant, the reason why Jesus came. 1 John 5, 3 says, For the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. So it's proper to ask if we love God and love our neighbor. We should be asking each other that. And we should be answering it with our actions. And as I go through this lesson, as we go through this outline, we should be able to see if we're actually showing our love for God and our neighbor through what we're doing. Again, the first one is to love God. Under the old covenant, the Israelites were expected to love God. Deuteronomy 6.5 says that they're to love God with all your heart, your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Emotionally, physically, intellectually, there are, we're supposed to love God. So they're, loved, they're supposed to love God with their whole being. You see, you can't serve God emotionally but not intellectually. You can't serve God with your intellect but show no emotion. You can't serve God emotionally but show no intellect. They work together. We're to serve God with our whole being. With everything that we have, we're supposed to be obedient to God. And by doing this, it requires strength. And how do we love God today? Does God expect us any less to love than he expected the Israelites? You see, today we're expected to, get this, love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength, with all our mind. That's how we're supposed to love God, with all our soul. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And we're to serve with all of our strength. Hebrews ten thirty six says, for you need endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what, what is promised. And we're to serve God with all of our mind. Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if, that is, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worth, worthy of praise, praise, think about these things. You see, we demonstrate our love for God through keeping his commandments. We're still called to keep his commandments. But you see, we're not called to keep his commandments to earn his love. We're called to keep his commandments because he loves us. We're called to keep his commandments because he loves us. Not to gain favor, but because he's already shown us favor and grace. You see, this is evidence through the love of Jesus. John 14, 15 says, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So when we love Christ, when we love Christ, we keep his commandments. And as we do this, we grow in our love for God. And we do it by letting God's love for us move us. 
Romans 5, 8 says, But God proves his love for us in that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. While we're still sinners, Christ died for us. So we've got to let his love move us. That has to mean something to us. And we need to, by asking God to help us grow in love, 2 Thessalonians 3, 5 says, May, we, may the Lord direct your hearts to love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. And by praying and growing in love, he answers in 1 John 2, 5, But whoever obeys his word, truly in this person, the love of God has reached perfection. But this we may be sure that we are in him. So we're to love God with everything that we have, our whole being. No matter what we do for a living, no matter where we are, no matter what's going on around us, we're to love God with everything that we have. We're to serve God with everything that we have, all the strength that he's given us, all the intellect that he's given us, all the emotion that he's given us. We're to serve God. It's pretty important. And the second command that Jesus answered was to love our neighbor. To love our neighbor. Love our neighbor. Who's our neighbor? Our neighbor is anybody you come in contact with. That's who's being talked about here. It's not just who lives in close proximity of you. It's the people you come in contact every day. That's our neighbors. And we owe it to our neighbors to love them. Romans 13.8 says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another, for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. Again, to be Christ-like, we owe our neighbor to love them. Sometimes that's tough. We come in contact with some pretty difficult people every now and then, don't we? You ever had that happen? Hopefully. Not very often, but every now and then we come to some, we, we'll come in contact with somebody. It's hard to love. But it says here, if we're in Christ, we owe it to them to love. We owe it to ourselves. We owe it to God to love our neighbor. You see, when we fully apply this, it fulfills the law that's required. You see, five of the Ten Commandments are spoke about how we treat each other. How we're supposed to love each other. If truly one loves his neighbor, he'll not kill, he'll not commit adultery, he'll not lie, he'll not steal. Etc. If we truly love each other, we're not going to wrong each other, right? You don't uh, really, you don't really do bad things to people you love, right? A few years ago, when um, my family was in business, my dad made friends with every one of his competitors. He'd play golf with them. He'd send them cards. He'd see them in our mutual customer shop, and he would be just as nice to them. I, I didn't understand it for a long time. And finally he said, look, he said, you know, he said, if you can make friends with people you're competing with, he said, one thing, it's healthy. The other thing is if they like you, they're not going to go behind your back. They're not going to stab you in the back. Healthy competition is good. So we're supposed to love everybody. Everybody, even the ones we compete with, we're supposed to love and care about. Sometimes that's tough. Because sometimes people don't return that love. Have you ever been wronged? Have you ever been wronged? 
when we're wronged, we're still supposed to love people. We hold grudges when we don't forgive. The only person that's hurting is you. It's the only person that's hurting is me. See, we're called to love. Not to love when things are going great or when people treat us right. We're called to love. You see, in the new commandment, Jesus takes it just a step further, though. In Deuteronomy, it says we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. That's hard to do sometimes. But now Jesus says we should love our neighbor as he loved us. That steps it up just a little bit. 2 Corinthians 8 9 says, For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. In other words, Christ sacrificed for us. That's the way we're supposed to love each other. We're supposed to make sacrifices for each other. We're supposed to love each other. Even when it's not easy. Even when we may be having a disagreement, we're called to love each other. Not as we love ourselves. Sometimes I don't love myself very much, to be honest with you. I have to work on that sometimes because sometimes I get mad at myself. But I'm supposed to love you as Christ loves me. You see, that's perfect love. That's the love we strive for. It's his love. The love that comes through a loving Savior, a perfect loving Savior from God himself. And if we keep these two commandments, again, the others will fall into place. If we truly love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul, and then we love our neighbors as Jesus has loved us, there'll be a whole lot less wrong in the world, I promise you. That's the perfection that we strive for. And you see, we're educated by the example of God. You see, God didn't just give us these commandments. He came here and lived them out. He lived a perfect life. Because he loved us. He lived a perfect life on earth. It's how God taught us. By his actions. 1 Thessalonians 4, 9 and 10 says, Now concerning love of the brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anyone write you, for yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. And indeed, you do love all the brothers and sisters through Macedonia. But we urge you, beloved, to do so more and more. In other words, when we think that we get it right, when we think we start loving each other right, we need to try to love each other even more. The love I'm telling you about is infinite. It's perfect. Not because of anything we can do to make it perfect, because what Christ has already done for us. That perfect love that he showed us. You see, if we learn how to love one another properly, if we want to learn how to love one another properly, we need to look at Jesus Christ. Again, Christ made the ultimate sacrifice for us. Christ came, lived a perfect life, suffered, died, and resurrected for us. So we can experience that love, that grace that comes only through a relationship with him. Matter of fact, after I 
outline this message, the last few words caught me. The last few words Jesus said to the scribe really caught my attention. And it says, you're not far from the kingdom. In other words, the scribe knew that Jesus had answered correctly. He knew that he answered correctly. And he affirmed Jesus has answered it correctly. Which means he's not far. He's not far from the kingdom of God. But to be in the kingdom of God, you've got to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Whether the scribe did that, I don't know. Mark doesn't go on to say. But when we have that head knowledge, and we know how to love each other, but we don't do it. We have the head knowledge knowing that Jesus came and died for us, but we don't accept him as our Savior. We're like that scribe. We're not far from the kingdom. But I'm telling you, to be in the kingdom of God, you've got to take that head knowledge and you've got to move it one foot down and put it in your heart. And once you do that, you can experience the way that we're supposed to love God with our whole being. The way we're supposed to love each other. Again, a foot's pretty close, isn't it? But it's enough to separate us from God if we don't except Jesus. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind and with all your strength. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. Again, when the scribe heard that, he knew that Jesus had answered correctly. It's what we do with that message. Again, do we get it from our head to our heart? Again, we can't just use our intellect to have a relationship with Jesus. We've got to have our whole being. Just to know about him is not enough. We've got to enter that loving, grace-filled, love-filled relationship. And I'm going to close this morning just by asking you to do something. When you leave these doors, go and love God with your whole being. And also go and love each other. Go and love everybody that you meet. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the scripture. Lord, just thank you for, uh, for loving us that much. Lord, thank you for being the perfect model Lord, thank you for coming and dying for our sins. Lord, thank you for offering that eternal relationship. No matter how hard we try or how much we know, unless we accept you as our Lord and Savior, unless we experience that love, we're doomed. Lord, I just pray that if there's anyone here this morning or anyone listening online that does not have a relationship with you, that they come to that knowing, loving relationship this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.